This is episode 87 of the Rising Man podcast with Jake Woodyard. When the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. Blessings, Rising Man fam, sending prayers and good thoughts to each and every one of you and your relatives. I am Jetty Azuma, the host and creator of the show, and I've got an amazing guest here for y'all today. But before I jump into this morning's episode, I want to take a moment to reflect on our Call of the Warrior event that occurred just this past weekend down in Santa Monica. Truly, it was one of the greatest honors of my life to bring my brothers, Leon Ruri and Jamie Schuster out here, as well as the sisters, Joe and Crystal, my Maori brothers and sisters who came out here to help us facilitate this Call of the Warrior event. Just from the way that they carried themselves and the, just the honoring of bringing the, their culture and to be with us, to share the Maori culture with us. And for men from all different backgrounds, just the diversity of men who showed up for this event was tremendous. And a special shout out to all the guys who showed up because we, we had 32 guys performing the haka together down on the Old Muscle Beach. I can't wait for the video to come out because it was so powerful to be in that moment. I'm, I'm so excited to share that moment with more people because I really do believe that we have created some momentum. You know, we were standing together in solidarity as a stand against male suicide, against depression, against feeling alone and unexpressed because we believe that a man who can express his truth and be supported in his truth is a man who never chooses suicide. So just a lot of gratitude and humility for me feeling very humbled by the outcome of this event, by the men, the women, the children, the elders, the youngers, everyone who showed up to support this vision coming into fruition. And especially Leon, Jamie, Chris, Joe, you guys coming out meant so much to me, to my family, to everyone involved. Just, man, there's so many people to thank. I'm not going to do it all here, but y'all know who you are. <laughs> I gave so many hugs at the end of that event. Uh, we were there for like two hours afterwards just because there was so much energy, so much electricity around it. So when we put out the call for the next Call of the Warrior event, make sure you get your butts there because it is a very very powerful experience. And in the meantime, if you want to take your first step into the Rising Man community beyond just listening to these podcasts every week, then make sure you join our online Rising Man Fire Circle by signing up for the $33 a month tier at patreon.com slash rising man. This is where you get much more intimate access to me, to my team, to a community of over 20 guys now from all over the world who are supporting each other in solidarity, um, calling each other on each other's bullshit, making declarations making commitments to each other and upholding them. This is the best way to get started and to light a fire in your life. You guys hear me talk about it all the time. We will sell ourselves out before we sell anyone else out. And we will sell a commitment out if we don't have accountability for it. So to be a part of the Rising Man Fire Circle means that you are taking your game to the next level. So patreon.com slash rising man, go sign up today so you can join us for our next monthly call. All right. My man, Jake Woodyard, is a spiritual healer, speaker, and author. He discovered his healing gifts through his own pain early on in his life. He guides people through a transformational experience by creating a safe environment which they can heal the root of their pain. He teaches people how to harmonize their masculine and feminine energy, how to heal their inner child, release energetic blockages, and awaken their heart. He believes that with a quiet mind and open heart, all things are possible. 
In this episode, some of the things we discussed are how men create safety while boys are the ones looking for it, how we have this journey happening within ourselves all the time, the dance between the boy and the man. We spoke about equating the boy that lives within us with the feminine that lives within us and how the boy we speak of is really just a feminine energy that lives inside of all of us. We talked about what it means to really give ourselves permission to feel our feelings and that the things we are afraid of the most are usually the ones that we need to do the most. We talked about how you're not your emotions, how feeling depression does not mean you're depressed. Depression is an identity we take on, but we can choose not to by creating space between ourselves and the emotion. Trying to control people and the need to be right, how we create a small box for ourselves to live in when we're committed to being right versus being in relationship and discovery. We spoke about how sometimes the real work is going back to our most triggering environments and showing up differently, how bringing our gifts back to our families, our loved ones, people from our past who challenge us and our new way of being is actually the biggest work we can do. And why most men need to witness another man's vulnerability first before they are ready to go there. Without further ado, Jake Woodyard. All right, risers, got another fantastic man joining me on the Rising Man podcast today. My East Coast brother. I love having East Coasters on here from Saratoga Springs, Jake Woodard. Good to have you on here, bro. Thank you, my brother. I'm honored to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. It's funny. I've had a few East Coasters on here. It's, it's some sort of magic that happens. You guys, my, by the time we get halfway through, my, my New Jersey accent's going to be in, in full effect. <laughs> I can already feel it coming on. It's like up here in my throat right now. Yeah, we're all in for a treat. <laughs> Yeah, man. And I think the thing too is just vibrational energy. You know, you can sense it no matter where you are in the world. When you tune into that vibration, it's just, it's alignment. It's just alignment with source energy. It's alignment with your, in, with another brother or whoever you're aligned with in that conversation. You're just allowing that divine energy to flow through you. Mm. Yes, sir. Good stuff, man. Well, then let's let it flow then before we get too carried away. Let me ask you a question. I ask all of my guests. And that is, what is the difference between a boy and a man? <laughs> well, when I hear boy, I envision inner child. I envision myself as a young boy that grew up in a, in a small town in a very harsh environment with my father who tried killing me multiple times and I was never good enough for and told me I was a worthless piece of shit and wished I was dead and all these crazy things. So I see this boy that was scared. I see this boy that was at one point full of love and full of light, but because of my father, his toxicity poured over into me, I absorbed all that negative energy. And that's what I started animating later in life, all this anger, all this violence, all this rage. So for a long time, I think my purity and my innocence was taken away from that young boy until I started doing the inner work and healing myself. So when I hear boy, I think purity and innocence, right? I think it just like this being of light. And then a lot of times that gets snatched away from us by our fathers or by our mother or by a step uncle or stepdad, whatever. A lot of times we're so impressionable when we're boys, right? And we haven't become men yet because a man, which is the next part to your question, to me, a masculine man, a true masculine 
And it doesn't even matter whether, you know, because masculine and feminine, we all carry both energies. But in this instance, in this example, a masculine man is a man that is not afraid of his heart, who has dealt with his wounds, who has stood up for himself in a loving, compassionate way, and is really being a safe place for other people, right? And, and that wasn't me for a long time. Like, I was scared. Like I, I had so much anger inside of me and, and I was still just a wounded boy. Mm. But it wasn't until I became and stepped into my, my manliness, if you will call it that, <laughs> where I did not feel safe, you know? So I think a man is a, is a, is a person, is a being that has worked through his stuff and has healed that inner boy, has healed that inner child to step in to his true authentic self and who lives anchored in his heart. Mm-hmm. And if I'm, if I'm reducing what I heard you say, it sounds like the man is the one who creates safety and the boy is the one looking for it. Mm. And I, I'm, I like that you brought the conversation of safety to this distinction because I ask everybody this. I've had 85 different responses to this question, a lot of them very similar. But lately, we've been having conversations about equating the boy that lives within the man to the feminine part of us. And if we make this distinction between feminine and masculine, oftentimes we say that the feminine is the one who's looking for safety and the masculine is the one who can provide it. Mm. It, it creates a really beautiful image in my mind of the masculine as the container and the feminine as the water mm. that's looking for the, the, the integrity. It's testing the integrity of the container. Even if we start talking about relationships and dynamics of man and woman, a masculine man and a feminine woman, where the, her job is to test us, to test the integrity of, will he still show up if fill in the blank, which is, frustrates the hell out of us as men. We're like, why, why do you got to do that? Why does it got to be so difficult, so complicated? But that's, that's part of the dynamic. It's the water testing the integrity of the container, looking for creeks, looking for holes or gaps. So I really like how you brought that in. Safety is what we're looking for. The boy inside of us is looking for. So how do you tend to that part of you that's looking for safety as as the man that you are now? Hmm. The first step is vulnerability, man. Like it, it takes so much courage and strength for a man to be vulnerable, to feel hmm. his feelings, to stop repressing his feelings. I was 240 pounds of just like a tank at one point in my life. That's 80 pounds more than that way right now. I had armored myself so much physically that it's be all because I was scared too. I didn't feel safe. So I wanted to build these walls, this, this mm. tough guy machismo mentality where people didn't mess with me, right? right? I didn't want, I didn't want people to mess with me. So it was kind of like, here's my boundary sort of thing. Mm. But I really think that the first step is being vulnerable and giving yourself permission to feel your feelings because our feelings have been so numbed. They've been mm-hmm. repressed from drugs, alcohol, porn addiction, social media. We have lost touch with our heart and we have no connection to our feelings because we hide out in our logical mind because we fear our own heart. Mm. Yeah, man. I, I think that that plays into exactly what we were talking about before I hit record about the the armor that we put on. Like you, you mentioned you had 80 pounds of, of body bulk to protect your heart from the external world that as boys, we believe is dangerous, you know, especially depending on the circumstances in which you're raised. Even if you didn't have as traumatic of a childhood as it, as it sounds like you did, there's something, even if it's somebody that just looks at you crookedly 
that creates an impression that, that tells us that the world is not safe. No matter what our parents do for us, there's a part of us that recognizes, oh, there's parts of this world that are actually out to get me or, some, or, or things out there that are a threat to me. And as a child, we can't distinguish between those. And even as an adult, I think if those traumas follow us, then we, we still continue to fail to make those distinctions between what's actually a threat and what isn't. So this idea that we need to armor ourselves and we need to look like we're doing better than we are so that we're not the lame, the lame member of the pack getting picked off by the, by the lion, it's, it's just what we've learned how to do. And I think that there's still so many of us that haven't realized that, like you said, op- being courageous enough to open up our heart is actually the path to freedom and healing. Mm. I know it's normally like the thing that we're afraid of the most that we most usually need to do. And in that case, like, well, what we're talking about is feeling those feelings like, and this is for all my brothers and sisters listening right now, is that when you go into your heart and you start to open your heart, there's so much feminine energy that's just releasing in a, in, in, in a form of emotion in form of crying in form of screaming, yelling. Like I did all of those things for the last six years of my life to heal my pains, to heal my wounds. And this isn't about judgment because like one of the, one of a man's biggest things, is he doesn't want to look weak. He doesn't want to look weak in front of other people. He doesn't want to look weak in front of his partner. But that's the thing though, is like, if you're not able to be weak at times, then you're not really ever able to be really actually strong. Mm. Hmm. And that's the ironic thing about weakness too, or this perception of weakness is that revealing a vulnerability makes us less than or less capable when one of the most powerful things I've seen is just how relatable my experience is to other men. The moment that I share something really quote unquote ugly about myself, really uncomfortable about myself is the minute that every hand in the circle goes up and says, dude, me too. Thank you for saying that because I didn't have the confidence to say it. Or I didn't have the courage to share it. Or yeah, that happened to me. And, and this is what I was going through, realizing that I'm actually amongst not just friends, but, but family who, are, who experience the same thing. That level of connection is just waiting to happen and it's beneath the surface of just a really simple but courageous share. And it's, it's, it's so hard for us to do as men, though. It's like we've, we've learned it generationally. I don't know. Was that, was that the message that you got as a kid as well? Yeah. I mean, my dad used to say the words to me. He said, quit crying before I give you more of a reason to cry. Mm. You know, it's just it's like constant repression, repression, repression. But when you are the boy, you're more in a feminine stage of your life, you know, boys are very emotional. Like they have so much emotion, which is a very feminine energy. And we're taught to repress that part of ourselves, act like a man, man up. Like you hear those things when you're like four years old. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, what do you mean man up? I'm, I'm four. Like, <laughs> allow me to, allow me to feel my emotions. So I don't start repressing my emotions. Yeah. Because when you repress your emotions, those emotions don't just go away. Like that energy doesn't just go away. Like that vibration of energy gets trapped within your system. Right. Oftentimes it'll manifest as addiction. It'll manifest as a relationship, toxic relationship. It'll manifest as physical pain. A lot of these different things come from the energetic storage of pain in your body, right? Mm -hmm. And crying and activating those feelings allows us to start to release those trapped emotions. Mm -hmm. Because look at it like this, like it would be like having this disease inside of you that is festering. And that festering wound is the abandonment, is the neglect, is the abuse, is the trauma, is the hurt, is the sadness, whatever you went through throughout your life that you just stored away and you didn't want to deal with because you were taught 
repress your feelings. Don't show emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, that's the, that's the disease. That's, that's what's being spread around. It's been passed genera- generationally by the, the verbal messages we hear, but also by the modeling. You know, I, I've, I've got a father who, great father. I've learned a lot from him, but he's as stoic as they come because he, he was taught and he was, the message he got was men don't do that. We don't show that. And I even see it, I, I, I think it's just part of the journey maybe, it's just what we have to go through is realizing that in our pursuit to become masculine men, if that's what we choose for ourselves, to become masculine men, it doesn't mean that we abandon emotion. I think that's the, I think that's the incongruency there, the disconnect, the dissonance is that we still need to, we're still humans, which means that those emotions are going to happen. They're going to come up. It's what we do when they show up that makes the difference. How do we respond? How do we express? And then how do we return back to, back to state, back to steadiness, mm. back to stillness? And dude, I mean, that's just a, that's just a, ma- a practice in mastery. I mean, I know guys yeah. who've been doing this shit for longer than I've been alive and they get thrown all the time. You know, emotions are a powerful thing, more powerful than our mind. Like that's, I think that's real talk. Like our, our emotions have way more control over us than just our mind. But on, on a biological chemical level, it's when we can catch it and then, ah, okay, there was that emotion. What do I do now? And the next step beyond that is realizing that you are not your emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a vehicle, right? That's the trap, man, is like, for example, we'll use depression. Like when we feel the feelings of depression, like I've felt that multiple times in my life. I've even been suicidally depressed before. When we feel the feelings of depression, we go, I am so depressed. And we give it like this energetic charge to this depression. Now we are that depression. But what we can do and train ourselves to do is give it just a little bit of space and create this spaciousness between you and the depression. Because you're not the depression. You just think you're the depression. The ego tells you that you're the depression. Mm -hmm. But just observe it. And this is called witness consciousness where you start to become the watcher of your thoughts. You watch the depression and you see it coming in and you go, hmm, look at this depression right now. Isn't this interesting? And you're just becoming the witness. Mm -hmm. And this is what having a meditation practice allows us to do, is to create more space within ourselves so we're not so reactive to the world to other people, to situations, to experiences that we go through. Yeah, those are, those are two important distinctions right there, the difference between reactivity and response. And it's just a matter of like, I don't know if consciousness is the word, whatever you would insert into there, but it's, it's awareness really that, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I am not this. This is happening. It's, it's, a, it's a part of my reality right now, but in a moment I can choose not to be linked to it, not attached to it. Which is, you know, what, what, what we can call pivoting, mm-hmm. you know, like on, say like on like a basketball court, you see this move called a pivot mm-hmm. where they pivot around a player and go to the hoop. Right. But in, with our, with the emotion that we're experiencing, we can actually learn to shift and transmute that emotion. And that's what an alchemist can really do. An alchemist is a being that can transform dark into light. Also can transform anger, which a lot of men have a lot of anger, a lot of rage mm-hmm. into love, into joy. And if you can really consciously do that, even if you take it from anger to sadness, that's a huge step. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times when men get angry, they flip out, they scream, they fight, they yell, whatever they do. And they're like a tornado. And then they just go on about their life. But now imagine if you can take that anger and move it into sadness where you actually start to feel your feelings, you cry and you release it. And then you take it from anger to sadness to joy. 
right? And now you're, you're climbing the vibrational scale, if you'll call it that. Because mm-hmm. what you're really feeling is this shame or this guilt from your childhood or whatever wound that got poked. And you're like, well, shit, this hurts, man. Mm-hmm. And you start climbing that scale of energy back up, getting back into the joy, getting back into the love, getting back into your heart. Mm. Yeah, man, that's interesting. You bring so I'm always fascinated in this com- this conversation about light and dark, the light, the dark, the shadow, all of that stuff, and and anger is usually one of those things that gets assigned to the darkness. Now, so what are your thoughts on anger? I'm really interested because mm. because it is such a big topic for men and for masculinity in general. Well, anger, I guess we we, we could start is perception. Like it's like anger is a form of our judgment. Like we're saying, oh, well, that person's angry. You may look at someone and go, wow, he's so angry. Where well, I look at him and just go, wow, he's super expressive. Mm. So like, I, I really feel that it has a lot to do with our perception of anger and what is anger. I think anger to me, from my experience of anger is repressed sadness. Mm. That's really what well, a lot of times anger, like if you're feeling deep, rageful anger, all that happened really was someone poked an energetic blockage. Someone poked an old wound and that manifested as anger. But if you look below the anger, it's coming from fear. It's coming from lack of control. It's coming from an ego desire. It's coming from some form of shame or guilt. Someone said something to you that triggered you and now you're angry. Mm-hmm. Now, you're, now you're ready to fight. Now you're ready to throw down. Mm. And also anger I have noticed within my own system and my own body is manifesting because of the need to be right and the need to have control, which men, we as men, I'll say we, cause I'm in this, this pot too. Mm-hmm. We as men struggle to understand that by controlling and needing to be right is like living inside of a very small box. And the more we try to control people, we try to manipulate people. We try to prove others wrong and be right we make this box smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon we can't breathe. It's like wearing, wearing around a tight shoe. Like I don't know if you ever wear a tight shoe before, but dude, your foot hurts. <laughs> you're like, man, like this, this shoe is hurting my foot. I need to take this off. The anger that you're holding on to, the resentment, all of that stuff is the tight shoe. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a really interesting perspective. I like how you present that. And it, let me ask you this then. So what about the usefulness, the utility of anger? Uh, do you see a, a function and a, and, a, and a usefulness to it? I think it can point the way. <laughs> so tell me more. I think it could show you where you have work to do. Because mm. here's the thing is anger is a teacher, right? Anger, anger is a teacher. The universe is, look at it like this. We're, we're all in earth school here together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when anger shows up, it's part of the curriculum. Mm. When sadness shows up, it's a part of the curriculum. When happiness shows up, it's a part of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. When lustful desires show up, it's part of the curriculum. Anger is just one more part. It's like in school, you have science, you have English, you have math. I would say anger is a class in its own, mm-hmm. you know? So anger is just one, once again, it's a form of energy. So if we learn to work with the energy, we can shift it, we can transmute it. Mm-hmm. So does anger have a purpose? I think, yes, absolutely, because it can show us where we have work to do and it can show us where we're not. Yeah. I uh, see. I definitely agree with that. I think that a lot of the messaging we get about anger is that it's dangerous. I think that's another reason. I know for me, that's what happened is the first time I felt all of that energy, that that rageful anger about something really, you know, not 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 as big as I thought it was when I was 16 and it wanted to come out. 
the the mirror I got from my parents and my family around me was was fear. Like this is intense and I don't know what to do with this. So like calm down. That was the message I got. Like calm down, which I internalized as there ain't nobody here who can who can hold this right now. Yet it's such a powerful energy, it needs to be expressed in some way. And at that at that age, instinctually, I think anger oftentimes wants to get expressed physically, or with like a like a like a like a yell, or or like a physical running, working out, lifting. There's a lot of people who who express it physically, whether they know it or not. But even beyond that, like you said, I think it can be transmuted into something very constructive. I think that energy, as something we we speak about, as a form of you know something that makes things move, can either be constructive or destructive. And so I think there is a constructive element to anger that, like you said, maybe it's just that it's a teacher or because it's one of the most powerful energy. Have you ever seen an, a truly angry person? They can do some crazy, crazy shit. Um, so if you can take that energy that's like got all of these hormones wrapped up in it and direct it like through like through such a fine, precise channel, then incredible things can happen, I believe. So I, I wonder mm-hmm. what your thoughts are about that. Well, if we were to pull out a vibrational scale, you would see at the base of it is shame, which vibrates around 20 logs in the, you know, in the vibrational scale of things. Mm -hmm. And as you start to climb that anger or that anger scale, that vibrational scale, you get up to around 200, which is fear. And that's right where anger resides as well. Vibrationally, Mm -hmm. 200 logs. You keep climbing that scale and you can look this up online. Just type in vibrational scale. You keep climbing this scale you'll get up to love, which is around 600 logs. Mm. So you see the difference. You can physically see the difference in the power of the vibration between love and anger. Mm. Love is so much more powerful than anger. And I think that that's why a lot of men fear love because it's so strong. It's so powerful that we don't know what to do with the energy. Mm. It's like trying to harness the power of the ocean, the the feminine ocean, right? It's like mother ocean, mother earth, the mama. We're trying to harness that power. We don't know how to do that. Mm. We like take a little cup, go to the ocean. Like I'm going to grab all the power. No, you're not. (laughs) You haven't even begun to understand what love is. Yeah. It is so powerful, man. And like, that's why I say, go back to the alchemist and what an alchemist can do. And we all have the ability to be alchemists too. It's not some special person mm-hmm. transforming that anger into love. It's your world will change, man. Like if you can just catch yourself the next time you want to flip out, the next time you want to get angry, the next time you want to beat someone up or beat your wife or whatever you're about to do, mm-hmm. catch it, breathe into your body, feel your heart. Close your eyes and just take three deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. And do that three times and think about how you're going to start shifting this anger into love. And maybe at first you shift it into sadness or feeling your feelings and then you move it into love. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a hard thing to do. <laughs> like it is, you think, you know, going to the gym and, and lifting heavy weights is difficult. Try changing anger into love. Yeah. Try it. In the moment, especially, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and catching yourself. When the war is on, man, that's when, that's when the, we're really tested the most. We can sit here in our, in, in our living room all day long, listen to podcasts and everything's good, good and great. The next time you get in an argument with your girl or your boy, or whoever, or you're on society and not getting along with one of your coworkers or your boss or whoever, See if you can take that energy 
the energy that maybe they're projecting onto you. See if you can recycle it into love and just diffuse it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where it's all happening. Like you said, it's, it's great to discuss stuff in concept, but that's actually where it counts. Even if you are listening mm-hmm. to this podcast and you're like, oh, wow, like you're having breakthroughs, making connections and seeing different strategies that you can implement. It doesn't mean anything unless you take the playbook out onto the field too. And that's, that, that is, that's really where, where it's difficult. So that's, that's a great segue. Cause I, as great as all of this is, as great as let all me, of this let is. Let me tell a quick story first before we go to the next piece. Okay. This, this is, this is a good one. It's quick. There's a story of this, this monk that moved into the mountains, into the Himalayan mountains. He meditated in this cave for like three or four years and he was really becoming Zen and holy. And he sat in that cave all day long, meditating, meditating, meditating. And he was really in a Zen, peaceful state. One day he decided to go down to the village. He went down to the village. Someone bumped into him and said some rude comment. And he turned around and he hit him, punched him in his face. Think about that. All of that work in that cave did nothing for him because he didn't learn how to transmute his anger. He didn't learn how to not be reactive to the world. Mm. Yeah, that's a great one, man. That, that'll definitely stick in my mind. Uh, you know, definitely reinforces what we, were, what we were messaging there, you know, putting the concept into action, into the experience. And like even in one more thing too, like look at Aikido, which is a Japanese martial art. They teach nonviolence, right? They teach you how to work with the energy. For example, if someone is pushing you in Aikido, you pull, right? Mm -hmm. If someone is pulling you, you push. You're working with the energy instead of fighting against it. Look at a palm tree like the Hurricane Dorian is is going on right now in in Florida. Mm -hmm. Bless all the souls on there. Bless Mother Earth. Look at the palm trees. They go with the wind. They go almost all the way down to the ground, touch the ground and come back up. Mm -hmm. That's how flexible a palm tree is. Now, when the oak tree gets heavy winds, the oak tree snaps. Why? Because it's so rigid and so uptight and so tense. It's just waiting to be broke. Now, men think they're really actually strong, but they haven't even mastered their emotions. So externally, they may be very strong. They may be able to lift tons of weight. This was me. Mm -hmm. This was me. And they may be able to lift tons of weight. But internally, they're weak and they're just waiting to snap, to break. Mm -hmm. So be like the palm tree. Flow with the winds of life. Don't fight against the wind. Work with the wind Mm -hmm. because the wind is always going to be blowing, (laughs) whether you acknowledge it or not. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right, man. And just to reinforce that, I've had a couple of like Navy SEAL badass dudes I've been in circle with that, you know, admittedly we're like dude we, we've gone out there we've done terrible things to people we've we've fought we've we've seen everything in this space where i'm sharing my heart right now this is the hardest thing i've ever done this is the hardest thing that i've ever done i've been through basic training i've done all of that shit but this is the hardest thing so uh a testament to what you said and i think also an attest a testament to just how real that work is it's it's a lifelong journey it's 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 it's, it's, it's the masterpiece of your life is, is becoming the person that you choose to be versus just how, you, how you've reacted your whole life, how you've instinctually responded to what presented itself. I'll share a story, you know, a, a vulnerable story too, of something that happened to my father not too long ago. It was like within about a year. I was working in, in, in the basement. I was doing woodwork at his house and I was doing some carpentry. And 
my mom had came down and, and they have a divorce. They have a terrible relationship. And my dad, old school masculine, he postures a lot around my mom. He's very rooster chested, is what I call it. He comes around, puffing chest, and he's mm-hmm. you know big, tough guy. And that's just how he is. And he started to really trigger me. So I, I said, like, you know, you need to get out. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I set a boundary. I'm like, you got to get out. Like, I'm like, just leave. And like, he started flipping out. I'm talking like saying that he was going to kill me, like going crazy, throwing saws around the basement, going absolutely insane. And I said, okay, let's take this outside. And that's what I said to him just like that. He said, fine. He's like, you know, you want to fight? He's like, I'll kick your ass right now. Mm -hmm. And this is what he's saying. He's screaming in my face. Mm -hmm. So I took him outside. And as he's walking away from me, I grabbed him on his shoulder and I spun him around and he thought I was going to hit him, but I wrapped him up in my arms And I looked him in his eyes and I said, this is not how we solve things anymore. We are not going to fight like cavemen. Mm. I said, we're going to start choosing love. And like, we're both like crying hysterically. Like he didn't know what to say. He couldn't even look me in my eyes. He was so like shook Mm -hmm. because all of his whole life, his 70 years of experience on this earth was anger, fighting violence. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, I showed him love. Mm. I transmuted my own feelings of hate and anger and needing to be right into love to teach him. And that's what we have to do. We can't keep following in the broken footsteps of our fathers, thinking that they know all the answers. They, they, They grew up in a broken household, most of them too. A lot of them didn't know. A lot of them still don't know. So we're actually here to heal the family lineage. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that, man. Let's talk about generational pain. The stuff that hmm. the stuff that sometimes we can't exactly point to where it came from in our lives, you know, maybe maybe you find that you're you're an angry person or, or just very fearful, and you don't really know, you can't connect the dots to where that came from. A lot of people will point to the generations, but what what's been passed on in our DNA, either what what was modeled, witnessed, spoken to us in our family lore, or even just what we inherited on a on a biological level. What are your thoughts about maybe maybe anger? Maybe we speak about anger and generational anger or pain or anything of that sort, because obviously you have a very real experience to speak from. And I'm also interested in that conversation because I think that's a very real one. It's empowering too, to to take on that mission of being the ones who break the chain of things that aren't serving Mm. and and to let that be a part of what we're here to do, if not all of what we're here to do. And I don't know, I want to hear what you have to say about that. I agree. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot of work and it's a big responsibility. And you know, too, like if you're the, the kind of the different one in your family, you just know that you were, you incarnated into that family for a reason and you're healing the whole family lineage. Like that, that's me and my family, mm. you know? So if you wake up and you're woke and you're not no longer sleeping in your family and you're just like, wow, like I, I got to help. Like I, but that starts with yourself. And when it comes to the conversation of anger, I think that we learn anger. I think that we're taught anger. I think that we're taught violence, you know, and that's not even just from a family aspect. I mean, turn on the news, which I don't advise, (laughs) turn on the news. And what do you see? Yeah, it's all there. Anger, death, doom, destruction. So like it's constant programming to reinforce our old brain of fear, Mm. our old brain of scarcity, our old brain of survival. Because anger is really coming from a form of survival, needing to survive. Mm. But what are you surviving from? Your own damn self? Mm. Like you, you, That's the thing is like people are so explosive that they actually fear their own emotions. Mm-hmm. Like I'm afraid if I get angry. Yeah. Yeah. What will I do? What will happen? Who will I hurt if I let myself go there? 
Yeah, that's that's a real thing. But they never do it in a safe place. And that's the I think that's the key. Never do it in a safe place. I think that's the key, man. Especially for yeah, when you talk about family, right? Everybody's got I mean, family is one of the one of the biggest buttons that can be pushed. Going back home to your family after you've gone out and like the it makes me think of your monk story, right? You've you've gone out in the world, you've done all the meditating, all the workshops and the work, and you come home and you're doing the same shit that your that your family's doing. The ones who weren't in the work, right? The ones that you know so much more than you're falling right into line with everything that was there. So if you are the one who went out, who who practiced to do something differently, and you go back home and get triggered by the same old shit and fall into the same patterns as your family, then how how woke are you really, right? And, and I say this because that, that that's a, that's a cycle I played out. I, I straight up just avoid going and seeing my family for a while because I was like, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. But like you said, you know, if you if you really are the one who is the the, the chain breaker, who's who's setting a new standard, then it, it comes back full circle to the conversation of safety. If there's an energy, a dynamic that is that doesn't feel good and doesn't feel in balance, it's 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 looking for where the safety is. So to be to bring the masculine into that space is to do what? It's to is to create the container where safety can be can be felt by everyone involved, especially if that's like a family dynamic. So so I really like that story you shared about your dad. I think that's that's not an easy thing to do, man. I know that. I know it's not an easy thing to do, and I know that's not where most people will go first. Yeah, man, we all have that ability to, you know, to choose love. And it's, if we can do that, everything begins to shift. And you, and you talk about, you know, this container of the masculine energy, and I really believe that. And I love the quote. It's like, if you think you're enlightened, go live with your family for a week. <laughs> yeah. You know, because there is the fire that burns and there's the fire that purifies. Mm. And for a lot of people, when they go around their family, the fire is burning and not purifying. Mm. Like purify, like if you think about it, like getting to the gold, you burn away the impurities around the gold. Mm. But people haven't learned how to use that fire to heal, mm. that fire to burn away their own impurities. Mm. So the tension, the guardedness, the tightness that you feel, especially around your family members, that's where you have the most work to do. Mm-hmm. They're your teachers. Yeah. Welcome to earth school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's funny. It's like the, I believe these, these teachings and in, in life about happen and things that things happen in, in circles. Right. And so that even, even in martial arts, you, you talked about Aikido. A lot of people don't know this, but when, you know, starting off, you get your white belt. It's like, cause you know, crispy clean, brand new. And, and there used to only be three colors. There was white, there was different shades and versions of brown until it became black because it was a white belt that became darker and darker from sweat and dirt and blood from training that became black from being just saturated in dirt that eventually became white again because of being faded and worn out. So white to brown to black and all the way back to the beginning. So there's this like cyclical nature of going out into the world and, and experiencing what you have to and then being able to bring whatever you learned back into your family. It's like, it's like going out and harvesting medicine and bringing it back home. Mm-hmm. But now will you deliver the medicine or will you jump right back on the drama train <laughs> and, and, be, and be a part of what you've always done as a family? Because that's also a choice. I love what you said too about delivering the medicine. I think that's such a beautiful metaphor, you know, because I think men especially, we're such seekers, we're such chasers of what, whatever that is. You know, sometimes it can be very healthy. Maybe we're seeking wisdom, we're chasing wisdom. But a lot of times what I've experienced myself and a lot of the men, (laughs) we chase women, we chase money, we chase success, we chase fame, and we chase things externally that we think will fulfill us, that will fill our soul with joy. But those things, 
will never fulfill you fully. Mm. They will give you temporary highs. It's like doing drugs. Like you're going to get high, you're going to feel good for a little bit, but then right again, you're back at it because you have to keep filling that void. Like my sister's a heroin addict. Mm -hmm. So when she does drugs, when she does heroin, she sticks a needle in her arm. But that heroin only lasts for a couple hours, maybe. I don't know. I've never done heroin. I don't know how long it lasts for. A couple hours, maybe. And then right back again. She's got to do it again to keep repeating that that drug addiction. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with a man chasing a woman. He's going to chase. He's going to hunt her down. He's going to do everything he can to get in bed with her. He's going to sleep with her. He's going to ejaculate. And then what? He either is going to try to pursue a relationship with her, which if he's wounded, it's oftentimes just going to burn out. It's not going to work. Or he's going to do a one night stand with her, get what he got, what he wanted and just keep it moving. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the, that's the chase. That's the chase. He's going to keep going out to the bar room every single weekend and no judgment here. Cause I, I've done these things. Mm -hmm. He's going to keep going out, keep going out, looking for that, that next best thing. And that next best thing is, is this, this sick design, the sick template that we have in our minds that tells us something else is better. Something else is out there. But the truth is, it's not out there. It's in here. And when you start working on your internal game, everything begins to shift. Mm -hmm. It's like if you have a house, like, and I know you're sitting in the house right there. Mm -hmm. You, if you wanted to remodel your kitchen, you wouldn't paint the outside of your house, right? So a lot of people, we're talking about men right now, mm -hmm. are trying to paint the outside of their house, their body, mm -hmm. right? Their life, their money, their social status, their fame, whatever. Right but they're not working on the internal game to remodel the kitchen. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really good, man. I've never, I've never heard, I've never heard it put quite like that, but that makes total logical sense. Definitely, definitely appeals to the masculine part of my brain. <laughs> so I, I, I like just that. Said logical. It's like, Ooh, logical. Logic. I like that. I like how you do that there, man. Let's, let's shift gears only slightly. Cause I told you about another brother who's been on here before Jose. And when he was on here, we talked a little bit about just that, that East coast mentality and, the, there's there's a difference in in the way East Coast and West Coast does it here in the states. My experience, especially New Jersey, New York City, it's all about that. Like you said, it's that machismo, that external expression that we have that hides everything that's going on beneath. So, if you had a message or something to speak specifically to guys who are showing up like that, and we know that that's a big part of East Coast culture, what would you have to say beyond what's already been stated specifically to this demographic here? Let down your armor and connect with your heart. Get out of your logical, analytical mind that's always thinking, judging, seeking, chasing. Quiet down, get still, get into your heart and start connecting with your heart and the vibration of love. We are so disconnected from our hearts. We are so disconnected from love because we're always trying to logically make sense of everything in the universe. But the keys to the universe, as I believe Albert Einstein said, that I didn't come to the understanding of the universe through my rational mind. It's something so much deeper than just our mind. Consciousness is not the mind, right? Mm. Consciousness is everything. So when we get quiet inside and we slow down, we can start to hear the messages of the universe. And it's so profound. Like, I get messages all the time now at this point, just constant downloads of just divine energy. And when I first heard those things, I was like, what is that? Like, I want that. Like, it was like, it was one of those things where it's like, I want that. Mm -hmm. Like I heard someone talk about one time, like, yeah, I got a download. I'm like, what's the download? I want one of those things. <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't buy a download. You can't buy the universe's wisdom. 
You can't achieve the universe's wisdom because there's nothing to achieve. Enlightenment is not about achieving anything. That's the thing. It's when you get quiet enough inside and you just start to slow down, you start realizing that everything is all within. All of the answers to the universe, all the answers that you seek in this life are all within because your soul's recognition, your soul's memory has been through this life thousands of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I, the message is so simple. Like you said, let down your armor, show your heart. And I find that that's hearing, just hearing that alone often is not enough. Oftentimes it mm-hmm. takes witnessing another man doing that for the first time. I know for me, coming from the East Coast, landing out here in California, found myself on a men's team in a circle with men, majority of whom, I think there were seven of them, who were double my age. So here I am sitting there with this huge complex about, dude, what the fuck am I doing here? These guys know way more than I do. And I have no, they're just like zinging around back and forth about all this stuff. But then seeing, seeing them really reveal their truth and really express themselves and seeing a, seeing a grown man cry in front of other men and just witnessing that for me, that's what it took to really crack me open to recognize that, oh, I'm, I'm not the only one who's feeling this internally and it is safe for that part of me to, to come out and play here. So I'm wondering, you know, what's interesting too is, is on my Instagram, I have a very profound, but I don't know. Did you see that video? Which one? The breakthrough I did with that guy. Uh, the one where you're holding them and there's a guy behind them. Yeah. 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 I saw it last week. Yeah. 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 So he attended one of my retreats, man. Like he's 50 and I know a lot of people are like, oh, he doesn't look 50. He's 50 years old. Mm-hmm. And like, he released all of his anger. Like, dude, I watched the video and I started crying. Yeah, it's powerful. Like, I, I was the one in the video. I started crying watching the video. Mm-hmm. And like, I had so many people message me about that one video. They're like, that video like totally opened my heart. And because it's what you just said, you just said it. You're like, when I saw another man do it, when I saw someone else do it, it's like, oh, okay, I can do it now. Mm. It's kind of like skydiving. You know, it's like, you see someone jump out of the plane. Well, maybe you wouldn't do it. I don't know. I've been <laughs> skydiving. It's awesome. Highly recommend it. If you see someone else jump by the plane, you're like, oh, it's safe. I can do it now. Yeah. You know, or how many times when you're like a little kid, you're like, well, you try it first. Yeah. You try this, this weird food first. And if you like it, then I'll give it a try. Yeah. Yeah, man. So it's, that's his power program, man. It's like, you try it first and then I'll go. But that's the thing is the people on the front end, the people on, on the front edge of the war, if you'll call it that, there's no one in front of us. Mm-mm. There's no one in front of us making it feel safe. Mm-hmm. Like I know with my path, there was no one in front of me that I can remember that was like showing me the way or making me feel safe. I was just going into my feelings and just feeling this shit. Mm-hmm. And it was so heart opening because of that. And other people are like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, man, I'm healing myself. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> get with it. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's, and I, I like that too, man, because it's, it's true. It's, it's a courageous thing to do and, and not everybody's there. And, and, and it is, it's so compelling. It's so compelling that number one, it doesn't take very long for it to happen. You don't have to sit in circle with guys for a year before this happens. I, I've seen it happen in less than five minutes of guys meeting each other for the mm-hmm. first time. It requires a sense of trust which is often produced by confidentiality and an agreement to create a safe container and those frontline soldiers that can demonstrate what that looks like because the boy inside of us has, for most of us, hasn't ever experienced that. But the first time that we do and then witness another man show his boy, show his heart, show his pain, show his grief, his fear, whatever it is, it's like a domino 
It's like one of those really elaborate domino things that they used to have when we were kids. Like you see them, there's like like 5,000 dominoes that go up. Like the whole room will just come down. And and like you said, man, it's, it's, it's moving because there's something in us that wants to be moved. We don't just get moved because that's a compelling video, a really beautiful video. It's like, whoa, no, there's something in me that needs to be moved right now. Let's tune into that. So if you witness that in a video because you saw it on Jake's Instagram or because you saw it on something else, investigate a little bit more, right? Like follow those breadcrumbs and find a space where you can feel that level of trust to go there if it's the first time for you. Man, it's so beautiful too. Like when you do have that good deep cry, I think two of the best medicines is breathing and deep crying. Mm-hmm. Like two of the best medicines that we can we can have and it's right to us, it's free. It's free. It's breathing <laughs> and men love free. Like they're all about like, well, how much is yeah. this going to cost me? <laughs> you know, it's, dude, it's free. It's breathing and crying. Yeah. And like, if you're too afraid to cry in front of somebody else, go in your damn bedroom and feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, but I'm telling you, by you showing your feelings and you expressing yourself, you're teaching other people that this is okay. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with this. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's powerful, man. Yeah. And I like what you also remind everybody every time you say this and you give your personal experience, everyone is capable of this. It's not a question of if you're capable or not. If you're a human and you have human DNA and, you know, all these, the basics, then you're capable of it. Now, if you can't get yourself there alone, that's okay too. There's, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't find my way there alone. It's, it, I'd love to hear more about your story another time about how you did that. But I, I found my way through the mentorship of other men who had gone there first. So if you're also looking for that, then then reach out to Jake, man. <laughs> you see what he could do. Reach out, reach to, out to, too, reach out to you, me, reach out to got, these guys. Who, that's what I'm saying, man. Reach, <laughs> reach out to the that. guys who are on the front lines because that I, I see it in your heart. I hear it in your message, in your voice. This is what we're here to do. We're here to, to lead from the front and bring everybody along with us because I know you know what the implications for the world are when we've got guys who aren't afraid of their anger, who know how to deal with their anger. That's the thing too, man, is like, at first, like, there's no one clapping for you. Like I was in, I I moved into my mother's basement. Like there was no one clapping for me. Like there was no, there was no reward. Like I was just, I was just doing this shit because I knew I had to do it. Intuitively, I felt I needed to do it. And when I sat down on the couch to forgive my dad, I said these words three times and I repeated them three times and I could not stop crying for the next 20 minutes. And I said the words, I give myself permission to forgive you. I give, and it's even going to make me like tear, but now I give myself permission to forgive you. I give myself permission to forgive you. I'm like, I fucking forgive you. And I'm screaming at this point. And dude, the tears were just rolling down my face. Mm -hmm. And I got up from that couch to change man. Mm -hmm. And from that point forward for the next five years straight, it was still a work in progress. It's not a one-time hit and done. Like it's, it's continuation of work. Yep. It takes work, Mm -hmm. but it's possible feeling good, feeling alive, feeling happy mm-hmm. in this human experience, in this human life is possible. Yeah. Yep. And that, that you know, that, that brings me to an, uh, one of the quotes that I love that sticks in my heart is that if a father doesn't slay his dragons, then the son will have to. And so for those of you guys out there who have son, and it doesn't even have to be your biological son, but somebody who's coming up after you, who you're going to influence, a man that's coming up on your, sh- on your bootstraps, who's going to, who you're going to influence. If you don't, if you don't tackle the, the demons, the darknesses that you have in your life, maybe that you received from your dad or your granddad, then somebody else is going to have to. So talk about a noble journey, man. 
taking yourself full on. Taking it out on your girlfriend, your wife, like they're all dealing with it, man. Oh man. Yeah, the the mess the mess spreads quickly when you don't clean it up. So it's that poison, it leads into everything else in your life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Well, whew, powerful conversation, man. I I never know where this is gonna go, but this is this was a great one. I'm glad that we got to capture that. And before I let you go, let me ask you a couple of lightning style questions so that we can wrap it up yeah. here. I want to end with a poem too that I wrote called The Awakened Heart. When when you're ready, let me know. Cool. Uh, let's do that. Let's end let's end with that. So let me ask you these questions first. Yeah. What is one thing you learned in your life you wish you knew when you were 18? When I was 18 years old. Ooh. How old are you right now, by the way? I never asked you. Uh, I'll be 29, not 11. Nice. So almost 29. Okay. A couple of weeks. When I was 18 years old, what I would have told myself if I was able to listen. <laughs> <laughs> was to give up everything you think you know and allow yourself to receive, allow yourself to be quiet, allow yourself to hear yourself and listen to the universe. Because the universe is always guiding you. It's always directing you. And you just have to quiet down and tune into that. Now, when I was 18 years old, I was very hot-headed. I think I, I thought I knew everything. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my mind was so full of everything that I think I knew. I just... I didn't know how to receive. I didn't know how to listen. So I would just say, man, like honestly, practice listening. Practice listening to yourself when you talk. Practice becoming conscious of the foods that you put in your mouth, of the music you listen to, of the conversations you have, of the people you go around. Start tuning into everything. Start tuning into everything within your body, within every single message, within your dream state, all of it. Just tune in and listen. Yeah. Because if you listen, you can hear. But if you don't listen, you can't hear. Like you just, you're, you're blocked, your wall, your wall is blocked. And the next thing I would have told my stubborn jackass 18 year old self was to stop drinking so much, man. Stop getting blacked out two to three times a damn week and thinking that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like control yourself. You can go out and have fun. Just, just have more self-control, have more discipline mm-hmm. and stop trying to prove yourself. Like we as men, we're always trying to prove ourselves, get that hotter chick, lift more weight, like have more money. Just stop, man. You don't need to prove yourself to anyone. Hmm. Your ego is what's trying to prove itself to everyone. And you're just, you're digging this hole that's just impossible to fill. Mm. Well said, man. Yeah, my, my, my jackass 18-year-old self had to, had to hear some of that information too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. And what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? I mean, there's so many things that come to heart when, when you say that. What's the most important value as a man is honestly your ability to be a safe place for other people. Mm. Having integrity to be a safe place, to allow others to feel safe. And if you can do that, man, you can make this world such a more beautiful, vibrant place by providing, as you were talking about, the container for other people, for your brothers, for your sisters, for your mothers, for your fathers to feel safe, to open their hearts, to share their stories. That comes through connecting with your heart. That comes through doing the inner work. That comes through healing yourself. So I think being a safe place as a man and really any human is one of the most valuable things that will get you every single thing that you could ever imagine in this life. You can have everything you want by offering to other people a safe place with no agenda, (laughs) with no intentions, Mm -hmm. with nothing, with nothing to gain. 
just giving of your love, giving of your heart, which giving is a masculine energy, giving of your open heart and your devotion to love and serve, I would say is one of the most valuable things I feel in my intuitive heart that we can offer. Because mm-hmm. that's really the only thing you can offer. The only thing you can offer to another person is your own state, your own energetic vibration. So if you're a safe place, guess what? You're creating an entire environment in this universe that's safe. Hmm. Yeah, man. I love that. that. That's such a great bow to put on top of this conversation we had, just speaking about safety and integrity of the container. So I really like that one. Thanks for putting it that way. Now, before we sign off with this poem that you have for us, tell everyone listening how they can find you, follow you, interact and engage with you, work with you. Where do you want people to check you out? Well, the first place that I always tell people is to close your eyes and feel into your heart and you'll realize that I'm only a reflection of your own consciousness. That's kind of heavy for some people to understand, but (laughs) (laughs) in the physical world, (laughs) I'm on Instagram. It's underscore Jake Woodard. And I have my own podcast with over a hundred episodes as well. It's called the Awake with Jake show available all places, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, the whole nine. And my website's jakewoodard.com. Mm-hmm. It's dope, man. If, if you guys liked anything that you heard Jake say today here, man, definitely go check out his show because it's, it's more of that golden goodness, man. Yeah, man. Golden goodness. I like that. Thank you so much, too, for having me on your show, brothers. I'm honored. Yeah, truly, man. Really honored to... I, I love this part of my job because I just get to connect with other great men all over the place. And I learn a lot, too. So thank you for bringing what you had here today to share yourself, your story, your honesty. Yeah, man. Thanks for holding it down, anchoring the East Coast out there. We need We need more good brothers out there on the front. Line. You're going to have to introduce me to some of the, I'm sure there's East Coast or East Coast guys out there helping lead the force with you, man. You're going to have to introduce me, make some introductions. We'll get them on here. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like I said, thank you for creating this platform too, that, you know, allows other men to feel heard, to feel seen, to feel like they're not alone. Mm. Cause that's, that's, that's the beautiful part of it is you're not alone. Mm. Yes, man. That's, that's it right there. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not unique. <laughs> We all in this together. All right, man, sign us off with this poem that you have to share. So this poem's called The Awakened Heart. Your time here is limited, but there's a reason why you visited. Think of all the people you can help heal when you open your heart and start to feel. The beauty of your essence comes from your loving presence. Remember to always stay curious and don't take things too serious. Don't stress the past or what happened last. Don't worry about what's to come. It will leave you feeling numb. Feel free to smile more than once in a while. Forgive others who have hurt you because they hurt too. Be gentle with yourself and you will find that inner peace is the ultimate wealth. See hard times as a way for you to grow and the light within you will really start to glow. There you have it, folks. What a beautiful way to end a powerful conversation. Thank you again, Jake, my bro, for bringing all of your gifts, all of your wisdom, all of your energy to this episode, especially closing us out with that beautiful poem that you wrote, man. What I got out of this episode is just the amazing, there's so many little nuggets in there, so many so many amazing nuggets. The biggest ones that stick out for me are making this connection between the boy that lives in a, within us and the feminine that we all possess, distinction around how we need to give ourselves permission to feel our feelings and, and really allow ourselves to feel those feelings and let them come up. Because I know myself, I can still get in a space where I will block the feeling 
because I either don't want to go there, I'm not comfortable going there, or I, I don't want to feel it all the way through. There's one thing that Jake brought to this conversation that I think he brings to his work is really feeling the feelings all the way through. So if there's one thing you take away, let that be the message and see where are you not willing to go? Where are you still holding back? in your experience, in your, in your expression of yourself and your feeling of the emotions that you're processing and working through. Reminder for you guys to sign up and join us on in our virtual men's circle, the Rising Man Fire Circle. We're always looking for more men to join up with us and to contribute to this huge community of men that we have now. We started about a year ago and we got over 20 guys from all over the world now. So get yourself signed up. Go to patreon.com slash rising man, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash rising man. Sign up for the $33 a month tier. That'll get you access to the entire fire circle, which also includes getting discounts on all of our amazing programs like the Call of the Warrior event and Compass, which is our four-day fast three-month program of initiation from boyhood into man. Manhood. That's an incredible journey to go on. There's still time to sign up for our Fall Compass crew that we're going to be starting up at the end of September. So if you're interested in that, make sure you shoot me a message. Check out the show notes for all the links and resources for this episode and others at therisingmanpodcast.com. Shout out to Julian Subic, my man, for always making sure that we've got the show notes that these episodes get published. I appreciate everything you're doing, bro. And it was great to haka with you this weekend. All of my Rising Man Power team was out there this weekend. Julian, Rowan, Sean, Mark, everybody showed up in a strong way. So I appreciate you, brothers. And that was the first time that we were all together. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. All right. Make sure you guys please subscribe and follow us wherever you're listening to us. It does help us shoot up the charts and helps us to gain more notoriety around the Rising Man and, and more fuel behind the Rising Man mission. It's not about the ratings and the numbers. That, that's just the game that we're playing so that we can honor our mission to get to every man in this world to create a world where we have initiated men, men who are living on purpose, and men who know how to be of service in the way that they always envision for themselves. So subscribing, following, leaving us reviews, comments, five-star ratings, if you think we deserve it, all of that goes a long way. So please hook us up with that. Check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Podcast. Y'all already know my man Rowan Tyne has been hooking that up. Sean Offenbach, always, always flexing on these episodes. He just made a couple tweaks this week that's going to make it sound even sweeter in your ears. So Sean, thank you for always being diligent and vigilant, brother. He was the last of my power team. He's been around the longest, but he was the last one that I had to meet in person. So that happened. So we're all we're all linked up now. Sean, it was great to meet you and see you in the flesh, my bro. And last but not least, Mark Rose actually traveled the farthest farthest the farthest to be with us for the call the warrior event i love you my brother it's good to see you again and thank you for everything you're doing inside the fire circles managing that space and making sure all the men stay connected and everybody else out there i love y'all i'm so grateful to be on this path honoring my mission honoring my purpose and doing whatever i can to support you in living yours thank you thank you for giving me that great honor until next time rise up and claim your destiny